Welcome to the Recovery House of Worship. So grateful to see you here. Grateful that you uh, made it this morning. It's in times that we have the greatest fears, in the times where we go through the greatest hurts, in the moments of greatest tragedy, that we wonder this question. God, do you hear my prayers? Do you listen to what I'm going through? In moments where the marriage seems to be on the brink of divorce, where the health seems just one step away from death, where our lives are confronted with some of the most painful things we ever thought possible. It's in those moments where we say, God, are you, are you paying attention? Do you listen to what's going on in our souls? In moments like that, it's very natural for us to question whether God is listening or not. And God knows this. God knows that you and I will be, you and I will be tempted to believe our feelings rather than believe the truth. And so he says, listen, in moments where you're tempted to believe your feelings rather than believe the truth, I want you to remember these words, the words that he's going to share with us. But what's interesting is about these words is that God speaks into our suffering, our insecurities, our anxieties, our phobias, our our worries and concerns. God speaks into them. But then he has a request of his own. Isn't that interesting? God would speak to his people, but then Uh, He would hear his people, hear their requests, respond to their requests, and say, oh, by the way, before you go, I've got a request of my own. Would you do it? And so we're going to listen to God's word, not only to see if he hears our prayers, but there's something else that if we miss, we'll miss the whole point of the text. We are in a brand new series, it's called Lent, and we've been talking about ways to grow closer to God, how each week what we want to do is in a very real way, remove certain things from our lives so that we could receive certain things. You know, um, if you're in my house, right, and you ask for seconds, the first thing that my wife will say is, well, finish up what you have. Finish up what you have. If you, you, you know, I'm not saying no, I'm just saying, finish up what you have. And then we'll talk about seconds. Well, some of us sometimes, I think, go to God and say, hey, God, could you help me? Could you fix this? Could you go? He goes, well, it seems like you have too much already. It seems like there's plenty there. Why don't you get rid of some stuff? And then maybe I can pour into you. And that's what this series has been like. That's what the point of this series has been. 
is to get rid of some of the things in our lives that may be good, but they don't glorify God. And spending that time with Christ so that we might be able to receive from the one who's desiring relationship with us. We're going to find our text in Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 through 12. We've been spending a lot of times, a lot of time in the words of Jesus. And he speaks so beautifully and clearly into very, very practical issues of our lives. Um, and he's, gonna, he's not going to stop. He's going to continue. And so for those of us who wonder if God hears our prayers, if our circumstances are bigger than our God, he wants to speak to you. We have a tradition in our church it's to stand at the reading of the God's word. The reason we do is because God is holy and wonderful and great. And because he is, we, we just reverence him so we stand. So we're all going to read this together. Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 through 12, in a nice loud voice on a count of three. One, two, three. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. The one who seeks, finds. And the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. This is God's word. Please. Have a seat. So Jesus, who had just finished speaking about prayer, um, some of you might remember we, we spent about seven or eight weeks on Jesus' focus on prayer. We, we know it familiarly as the Lord's Prayer. And we spent a bunch of weeks and just one, I mean, in the very next chapter, he's going back to this concept of prayer and he's hitting it really clearly, really hard because he knows how weak our hearts are, how we have built-in forgetters and how easy it is for us to get on the I'll fix it track, I'll take care of it track, I'll do it. You know what? If it's got to be, it's up to me. And how easy it is to get on that track and forget that if it's got to be, the last thing it needs to be is up to me. So he says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. What he's doing is he's using, he's using this wonderful way of saying the same thing over and over again. What I find absolutely shocking about this particular text is it has no qualifier. In other words, um, if you have the faith 
of a mustard seed, you can move mountains. Now, God's word says, but the qualifier, the qualifier, the promises is, is you can move mountains. The qualifier is if you have the faith of a mustard seed. Some of you, that's too much to ask. Me too. Sometimes all I can do is look at the circumstances around me and I don't even think about the great God who's greater than those circumstances. But there's a qualifier there. Mustard seed faith, move mountains. Here, there's absolutely no qualifier. If you're good, no, no, it's not there. If you're faithful, no, 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 that's not there either. If you pay it forward, no, that's not there either. If, if you pray an awful lot, if you listen to every sermon on our podcast, which I encourage you to do, if, you, if you're much better, if you don't use, if you stay pure, if you ask Jesus in this particular way, he doesn't say any of that. Isn't that uncomfortable, especially for the religious people in the room? That's incredibly uncomfortable. And the reason it's uncomfortable is because we go, oh no, there's an exchange that happens with God. There's an exchange. I'm a good boy, and God gives me the reward by giving me everything I ask for. And you've missed the point of the relationship if that's what you think. That is not it. Ask. Seek. Knock. All of you wretched, all of you liars, all of you grimy, all of you dirty, all of you who promised and swore that it would never happen again and you did it again yesterday. All of you wretches all of you failures, all of you promise not keepers. <laughs> For all of you, ask, seek. Because the point of the text is not the worthiness of the requester, but the faithfulness of the giver. Now, the fact that you're not jumping up and down screaming hallelujah and doing an Irish jig in your seat suggests to me that you didn't understand what I just said. So I'm going to take the rest of the sermon to explain it. The onus, the reason that we get our prayers answered is not because of the worthiness of the asker, but because of the faithfulness of the giver. Amen. Ask, and it will be given to you. What does the asker do? Please, 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 please. And it gets brought to the asker. Seek, and you will find. Are you there? Are you there? Are you there? And it's brought to you. You'll find it. Knock, 
and the door will be open to you. Is anybody home? Is anybody home? And the door is open. In each one of these circumstances, the asker, the seeker, the knocker can do nothing to change their circumstances. Nothing. They are left at the mercy of their weakness. And more importantly than that, they are left at the mercy of their God. And aren't you glad? For everyone who asks, anybody know what happens? Yeah. For the one who seeks, anybody knows what happens to that guy? And to the one who knocks. Now, now that should bring up some tensions, right? Because there's stuff that you've asked for that you go, wait, I haven't received my Mercedes yet. And I don't think, I'll check my lottery ticket, but I don't think I've hit so far. And so you go, wait, 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 wait. how can this be true? My experience doesn't, doesn't bear this out. Okay, well, here's what you need to know. If my children ever ask me for something that I know will harm them, the most loving thing that I can give them at that moment is not what they're asking for. Does that make sense? If my kids come up to me and say, uh, hey, Bob, you know what I really want to do? I want to... Um, I want to I wanna juggle machetes, right? Could you do me a favor and buy me like five machetes? Well, what do I do? I give them foam sticks, right? And I go, juggle these before you can do that. And then after that, I go, okay, give them pieces of wood. And then, you know, okay, juggle those. In other words... I would never give my child something that they're asking for that I know would harm them. That wouldn't be giving them what they really want. You see, some of us are right now asking for relationships that if God gave them to you, you would be the most miserable person on the... Oh my. I wish I could take you into my counseling sessions. I have guys going, but I love her, and you know, she means the world to me. And I just, I wish I could just kind of explain to them, but they can't hear me. I'm like, oh man, I'm glad. I'm glad that God gives you what you really, really need. I'm so grateful. I, um, I was, uh, I think I was 15, right, when I got my heart broken. I was like, oh, this is the end of the world. I'm never going to, I'll never love again. Put on, you know, put on the Barry White music. And uh, back then, right, put on, put on Luther, little pet Teddy Pendergrass, and just, I will make it through this week, right? I'm so grateful, man, because we have Facebook now. And I find out where people ended up. And I'm like, oh, God, thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for answering my prayer for a mended heart and not answering the prayer for a broken person. See, ask. Seek. Knock. But, but, there are some of us who go, but wait, 
I'm not asking for a poor relationship. I'm not asking for a, uh, something that's bad. I'm asking for my husband to get better. He's on a bed of affliction. I'm asking for my mom to get out of the hospital. I'm asking for uh, uh, enough finances to pay the bills. Well, what do you say to those things that we don't receive? Well, first of all, I would point you out to this unbelievable text. The thing about this ask, seek, and knock is that it's all in the present tense. Okay, so here's how it works in English, right? And some of you know this better than I do, but just bear with me for a second. You can say, look, or looking, or looked, right? And each one of those in a sentence will change the definition of the sentence or the meaning of the sentence, right? I will look, right? That's, that's more future. I have looked. You know immediately, oh, that's in the past. And I'm looking. That's present. Well, the present tense here, Jesus is saying, asking. He's saying, seeking. He's saying, knocking. So what is, it? What is Jesus saying? He goes, ask and keep on asking. But I don't see any difference. Yeah, you don't understand the rest of this. Ask and keep on asking. Jesus is not saying ask as if it were a one-time, one-shot deal. Here, just do this one time, ask. No. He's, he's saying ask and keep on asking. But I don't see it. You're not, you're, you're, not, you're not in the present tense. You said, you're saying, I asked. And Jesus is saying, no, asking. Asking right now. Asking. Ask and keep on asking, and it will be given to you. Seek and don't stop seeking, and you will find. Knock and don't you dare stop knocking, and the door will be open to you. For everyone who seeks, receives. The one who seeks, uh, for everyone who asks, receives. The one who seeks, finds. And the one who knocks, the door will be open to you. Which of you, and that's Jesus' statement. That's it. He's saying, beloved, don't stop pursuing God. Don't get tired. Don't get tired. Don't grow weary. He says something to illustrate his point in the next few verses. He says, which of you, now he's talking to his listeners, that's me and you right now, which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Interesting. Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you, though you are evil, think about that statement. Nobody interjected at that moment and said, oh, by the way, Jesus, we're not evil. We're, I believe that people are generally pretty good. Nobody said that. Everybody completely understood. When Jesus said, you are evil, they said, oh, yeah, that's true. They didn't need, listen to me. 
They didn't need anybody to try to tell them to look into a mirror and tell themselves that you're a good person and you're good enough. And here's it. Look into the mirror and say, you're evil. You're wrong. You've done things that you feel totally ashamed about and that you try to hide and mask. That's the truth about you, but you're loved and you're saved, and you've been given mercy on top of mercy. You see, if you, though, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts if you ask him? What's the point? The point is, if you, who are nowhere near God, know how to be godly in your gift giving, How then much more is God who loves you? Remember what we learned about God in our our vertical series? That he's not a bigger version of our earthly father. He's a perfect version of our earthly father. And he knows perfectly what we need. Perfectly. And he answers perfectly. So, well, no, I'm getting ahead of myself. So do you understand the text? I want you to understand the text because the next part of the text is is unbelievable. It actually will take your breath away. So here's God. He's saying, ask and keep on asking. Seek and keep on seeking. Knock and keep on knocking. And all these things, it'll be given unto you. But you go, but I prayed for my mom and she died. Let's, let's walk through that for a second. Let's take that example. So you prayed for your mom and you asked God to give her life and then she died and is living forevermore with Christ. Did you get it? Wow. Wait, wait, wait. But I've had this illness for a really long time. And God has not healed this illness. So wait, let me understand. So you pray for healing of this illness. And then you die with this illness. And in heaven, you're given a new body to dance and sing and never have to worry about again. Did God answer the prayer? Yes or no, class? Sure he did. Every Christian... Every Christian, every prayer is answered yes. God, give me just a few more days to live. I'll raise you eternity, God says. You see, ask, seek, knock, but don't stop asking and don't stop Seeking. But wait, I've struggled. I've struggled with this, with this addiction that is consuming my life. It is something that I've struggled with. It is an identity that I've struggled with. It is something. And, and Jesus is saying, but wait, 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 wait. I'm going to give you an identity. And I'm giving you an identity even now. That will give you life. And see that you are in Christ Make you see that you are in Christ. So because, remember what we just said? The reason God answers prayer is not because of the worthiness 
of the asker, but because of the faithfulness of the giver. This is amazing. So, everybody say so. So, so. This is where the sermon turns. This is where the talk changes. So, in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. This sums up the law and the prophets, which at one point we just go, okay, does that even belong there? We're talking about prayer. Here's the issue. The issue is, is that we live too small a life. We think that the gifts that we receive, the, the things that we need, we think that God gives them just for us. So we get and we get and we get and we ask for more and more and more and that makes us more and more self-centered, makes us more me-centered, makes us more focused on ourselves. And God is saying, no, 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 no. So, because I have been faithful to you, because I've answered your prayer, I want you to be the answer to someone else's prayer in my name. Crazy, right? So that when every person asks God for a bag of food, there would be a Christian with a bag of food ready to give them. That when every person asks God for a little bit of comfort, there would be a Christian that would come in the name of Christ to comfort them. That when every person asks God for healing, there would be a Christian there who would pray for healing for them and even assure them of the healing that is absolutely certain to come. See, we think too small. So here's how it works. What we go, what we do is, say for instance, we get on our knees and we say, God, can you please clean up this mess that I've made? Because I've made a big mess. And God goes, Absolutely. And miraculously, he does the very thing that we asked. He cleans up the mess that we've made. And then, with the towel that he used, he says, now, help somebody else. And so we stand up and we just go, oh, wait. And we see someone else praying. And it's, have you made a mess of your life too? This is what God used to clean up mine. He'll use it to clean up yours. And then he goes, and he goes, wow, that was amazing. Thank you. And he I didn't see you there. I was so focused on myself and so concerned and consumed with my others. I didn't see you there. It, did you make a mess? I'll tell you a secret. This is what he used. And then he gets, and he goes, oh, i got to find me somebody who's on their knees talking to God. Because, listen to me, with the faithfulness that God has shown you, he will use you to be an answer to prayer for someone else. So... Now that you've asked, now that you've sought after, now that you've received, now that the door has been opened, now that, now that you've been found. So, in everything, do to others 
what you would have them do to or for you. And this is living the whole Bible, which is what he means when he says, this sums up the law and the prophets. You go, there's too many laws and scriptures. I don't, I can't remember them all. I'm not sure how to live them out. Jesus is going, okay, watch this. Run to Jesus. Find in him the yes to every prayer request that you've ever had. And because Jesus is the answer to that, share that answer with someone else. Could you imagine? Could you imagine if this church got serious about that? Could you imagine if we actually took it seriously that every gift that we've been given is for the purpose and that every gift is found good in Christ? Could you imagine? Oh my. Could you imagine? Just, I'm going to die in four days. The doctor has told me that's how much I have. I run to Jesus and I find my peace and satisfaction. And then I go, and then people are visiting me in the hospital. I go, listen, I... I'm going to die in a few days. However, I know that you struggle. I know that you deal with. I just, I just want to serve you. Can I tell you about my Lord? And then you die. And they take that and they go, oh, man. These people, they're hungry. They need food. So you come and you go, oh, man. Jesus, what would you have me do? And Jesus says, would you just buy them a compra? Yeah, but I really wanted to buy that dress. It was really nice, and Easter's coming up, and I want to really get that dress. It's okay. Okay, wear the grocery bags. Get them the food. And so you go, and you go, and you're not going in your name. You're going in the name of Christ with what he's given you. And you're going, hey, let, let me tell you what happened. Jesus told me to give this to you. And he's so good because he sustained me and he has filled me and he has given me to overflowing. Now I can go to you and I can share what he's given me. Isn't he good? And that person goes, uh-huh. And then they put a serving towel around there and they look out for people. Because let me tell you something. All of our requests in Christ are yes and amen. But I feel so depressed. Listen to me. In Christ, sometimes, listen to me, sometimes you just have to preach the gospel to yourself. You go, but everything is going wrong and my life stinks. Good news, it'll come to an end one day. And in Christ, and in Christ you will have a new life, a new resurrected body, and no need at all where every tear is wiped away, where every weakness is found in Christ to be strong where every circumstance you see the wisdom of. Listen. So, what's today's point? Today's point is this. That the requests, that the, that the, the worthiness of the asker, God does not answer prayer because of the worthiness of the asker, but because of the faithfulness of the giver. And then he says, so, now that I've done this for you, now that I've given you everything that you've asked for, would you find someone to do this for? Would you find someone to love? Would you find the gift that I've given you 
the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit living inside of you, the desire to serve others, would you find that in others? Now, at the end of the service, what I'm going to ask you to do is practice what we just learned. Easter's coming up. Do you know that that's happening in just a few weeks? Easter is coming up. Now, you're going to spend Easter somewhere, right? It's America, so like, you know, good night, right? Everybody goes like, it's like apple pie. You're not even American if you don't go to like some Easter service, right? It feels like that, right? Because it's America. So all of your friends are going to spend Easter somewhere. We want you to invite them here because we believe that God is doing some incredible, incredible things in the lives of those where his scriptures is teached, where his scripture is teached. But in order for us to do that, in order for us to serve that many people, and you know what's going to happen here in Easter, right? We're going to have a Friday service. We're going to have a Saturday service. We're going to have a Sunday service. We're going to need people who actually get out of their me, 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 me life and start to serve others. Because God has answered your prayer. And you go, what prayer has God answered? Listen to me. God has answered the most important prayer. The most important prayer. And he answered the most important prayer before you ever prayed it. He gave you the most important thing before you ever asked for it. He opened the door to the most important thing in your life before you ever requested it. It's Christ. It's eternal life. It's salvation. And it's yours. You go, you go, but I don't know Christ, or I don't, I don't know Jesus, or I haven't surrendered my heart to Christ, or I don't know. Listen, it's this simple. Here's it. Here it is. God says you are worse than you think, and you're more loved than you can imagine. Christ says you are worse than you think. You think that you're just a, you lie on occasion? No, no, no. You're a horrific liar. You, you are such a terrible, horrific liar that you lie to yourself. And believe it. You are worse than you think. And Jesus says, and you are more loved than you can imagine. And so for those of you, God has answered in Christ, has answered every prayer. Every single prayer is yea and amen in Christ. Every healing, every, every hope, every joy, every new body, every Re- reunion with relative. Listen, it's answered yea and amen for the Christian. So won't you come to Christ? Won't you say, Jesus, I want to see you. I want to know you. And here's what you do. You just go, here's the truth about me. I agree with you. I'm worse than I think. And let me give you some specifics. When I was 12 years old, when I was 18 years old, when I was 33, when I was 22, here's the truth about me. The things that I used to call no big deal or just the way I am or how I was raised or this is what I was born, this is how I was born, and I would act in these ways and do these things, and and, and I'm just going to call it sin. Would you give me your righteousness? Jesus says, I'll do it. I'll do it. It's amazing. And then he says, now that I've given that to you, would you go and put that serving towel around your arm and serve someone else? So at the end of this service, you are going to have the opportunity to sign up. Now, here's what I'm asking you to sign up for. I'm asking you to sign up for a weekend. That's it. Not for 10 years. Not for, not for 40, uh, 40 weeks. 
a weekend. Pick a day that you can serve. Pick two days you can serve. Pick all three. I don't care, but it's a weekend you can serve, whether it's parking cars so that when that single mother comes in and is just so stressed and she just needs a break, and this is the only day this year she will be with a congregation of believers listening to the word of God. We can go, hey, don't worry. You park right on front here. Here's a tag for you. We want you to just go inside, relax, take a load off. And then when that single mother comes in, she's greeted at the door as someone opens the door and says, thank you so much for coming. We're so glad you brought the baby. We have a wonderful place for your small child and your baby. And she's like, this is amazing. This is great. And go, why are you guys so kind? He served us. And now we get to serve you in his name. And then she comes downstairs and another person is there to greet her. She goes, I just, I got to change Junior and I got to go to the bathroom. She goes, no problem. Let me walk you. Can I hold the baby while you change Junior? Oh man. Why are you guys like this? Well, because he's he served us, and now we get to serve you. And then she goes to the children's, um, uh, the children's uh, uh, location, and she, she goes to children's church, and she drops off the kid, and the kid goes, this is great, this is wonderful, sees other little children just his age playing around and doing all that stuff and plenty of supervision, and she feels comfortable because there's competent, clean, reasonable people. Why are you doing this? Oh, I, I bet I know why now. Because Jesus served you and now you're serving me. And then she walks in here and she gets a hug from somebody. And it's the only hug she's gotten in a really, really, really long time. What's up with you? Boy? I bet you know the answer. And then she listens to a service without having to worry about her kids climbing up her, her body or making noises or anything like that. Listen to me. And then she leaves and she meets with people who lovingly uh, ask her how she's doing. You could be the answer to her prayer. But we got to organize that. And so what we need for you to do is I know, I know you're hungry. You're going to go to eat and all that other stuff. Take a minute. Sign up. We, got, we have need of the multimedia people. And when that, when that single mom comes in, she's going to be looking at the words, and she's not going to know anything about the song. It'll be nice to have the words up there so that she could sing along and not feel so out of place. And, and when she comes in, it'll be nice if we could have the floor mopped and cleaned so that she could feel comfortable about sitting down. And wouldn't it be cool? Wouldn't it be cool? If we could have people who are just designated, like, just to take over the rows. And I say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be responsible for the row that I sit in. And I'm going to love everyone. I'm going to handshake everyone. I'm going to say hello to everyone. I'm going to ask everyone how they're doing on that row. So everyone gets, everyone gets ministered to. Wouldn't that be cool? Yes. And there's so many other things that we can do. But you're not going to get the joy. Now, here's the good news. The good news is that's absolutely going to get done because Jesus is answering their prayer. He will. I'm just wondering if you're going to get the joy. I hope you do. I hope you do. Now, it is Communion Sunday, and I hope you've been understanding where I've been going with this. Because one day, your greatest need was that your sins would be forgiven and that your account would be paid. 
that God would in fact die for your sins. And so, uh, Jesus, on the night that he was betrayed, he said something really important. He said, this is my body broken for you. This, and after the meal, he then said, this is my blood given for you now. Hold up, don't take it yet. As the musicians play softly. The point is that you could not save yourself. You could not. You couldn't be good enough. You couldn't be right enough. You couldn't make your relationship with God. God knew this to be so true that the only way that God could think of is by coming himself, dying on the cross, and rising from the dead. He did this for you. There's absolutely nothing you could have done to earn it. Nothing you can do to keep it. It's his gift to you. He answered your need long before you ever asked for it. So as we reflect for a moment on how God has given us himself in the gospel, what I want you to do is just think about his goodness. Think about how he's, if he's died on the cross for your sin, dealing with your biggest circumstance, do you think that he can handle your day-to-day -day stuff? Do you think that he can handle that situation at work? Do you think he can handle getting you home with faithfulness and joy and freedom? He can do it. He handled your biggest problems. He can handle this. So let's reflect. Now, those of you who know Christ, what I want you to do is just pray and just your prayer should be, sound a lot like this. Thank you. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for dying for my sins. Thank you for meeting me at the point of my need. Thank you for answering every prayer that I've ever answered. Thank you for answering it, yea and amen, in Christ. Thank you. If you know Christ, that's what your prayer should look like. For those of you, some of you are Christian, kicking the Christian tires. You go, I'm not sure. I don't know. I, 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 I'm, not, I'm not totally certain about this. It's okay. Nobody's totally certain. That's why we call it faith. What we do have is an enormous amount of evidence of a God that loves us. What we do have is a historical account of a God who came from heaven to earth to live the life that you should have lived but did not and die the death you deserve to die but don't have to. Because he did it for you. Give your heart to Christ. Praise your name, God. Do you awaken us, so oh God, to our need of you? Would you help us to see how you answer our prayers so 
we might be for others what we want them to be for us. Lord, would you glorify yourself in and through our minds and our lives. Remind us, O oh God, that every need that we have, every desire that claims our soul is found satisfied in Jesus. Remind us, O oh Lord, that you are more than enough. That you give and give and you're overwhelming. So as I said before, Jesus, by dying on the cross, has given you what you never asked for, but desperately needed. Because the fulfillment or the answer of the request is not based on the goodness of the asker, but the faithfulness of the giver. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he had his community, his church around him. He said, the bread that we're breaking now looks an awful lot like my body's going to be broken in just a little bit. And every time you break the bread, be reminded of my broken body. But don't just be reminded of my sacrifice. Remind, be reminded that my sacrifice was made for the person sitting in your seat. It was made for you. He said, don't forget that. Don't forget that. He said, this is my body, broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Take the bread. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for not just being far off and looking at us at our sin and looking at us in our mess and just going, well, that was your bed. Now lie in it. But Lord, thank you for personally taking on the consequences of our sin taking on hell and death itself and giving us freedom in Christ, giving us Jesus. Lord, help us to grow in the knowledge of what that looks like. Then at the end of the meal, he took a drink and he said there's going to be blood that's going to be shed for this this is not going to be this is not going to come cheap grace is free but it doesn't come cheap you understand that it was bought at a high price his blood and he says this is the new covenant in my blood drink it remembering me for we pray
Lord, thank you for shedding your blood for our sins. For doing what we could never do. For allowing yourself to pay the penalty of our sin. Lord, I pray that those here who do not know you would just take that internally. Take it deep in their hearts. That you died for our sins. That you rose again. Help us, oh God, to receive that. To find all of our prayers answered, yea and amen in Christ. And Lord, to then be the answer of other people's prayers in your name as we do to them what we wish would be done to us. Thank you for hearing our prayers. For we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.